without further ado, Tim Langmead, sales broker for Camper and Nicholson's International, the original yachting company and experts in luxury since 1782. Such a pleasure to speak with you, Tim. Thank you so very much for taking the time. I know how busy you are. How are things in your part of the world? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, I'm based in the UK, not in the London office today, uh, but working from the remote office, as a lot of us have been over the past 24 months or so. But yeah, all good. It's deep winter over here, so not a lot of yachting in the UK, but obviously we travel. I was in uh, Barcelona last weekend, south of France, handing over a sailing yacht um, and travelled back via a shipyard in northern Poland. So things are busy. We're, uh, yeah... Well, and Very uh, occupied. I can imagine. And that's so fantastic. Uh, doing as, as part of what you do, delivering the amazing yachts that you do, whether they're super yachts or sailing lots, yachts, excuse me, as you just mentioned, to the amazing clientele that you have. And you have been doing that for such an extensive amount of time. What an amazing, fantastic uh, story and career you have. I, I've enjoyed really reading about it and learning about you, but uh, just really exceptional. And I mean, beginning in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean, correct? That's right. So, you know, a brief summary, I used to be yachting crew, predominantly sailing. So on deck, doing deliveries, regatta racing in the Caribbean, and then transatlantic deliveries to the Med, mainly Palma in the south of France. Um, did that for a number of years, and then sort of transitioned to shore-based uh, and found my way in sales simply through knowing the boats, knowing the products, having that time on board. And again, when I joined Camper and Nicholson, which is 2005, so just over 16 years ago, I guess, I... Um, yeah, came in as a sailing yacht expert, um, which is a slim part of the market. It's about 15% of the overall large yacht market, but um, focused on that for the first few years and then realized, obviously, there's a big segment that we need to deal with in the motor yachts. I mean, one thing that Camper and Nicholson is specialist at is the custom boats. Um, so that's, you know, one-off designs or, and some semi-custom boats with the largest shipyards around the world. We do deal with middle-of-the-road production yachts, but we tend to be specialists more in the, in the one-off boats. So that was a real interest, and still is to this day, these more unique style yachts. And with respect to the, so for over 20 years now in, um, in working with yachts, and then, as you mentioned, the extensive amazing crew now you've had with Camper and Nicholson's, what have been some of those key moments in, you know, in your amazing career that you would consider defining moments that kind of altered the course or the tra trajectory of your career and of perhaps your life? Wow. Yeah, big question. I mean, it makes <laughs> me think about over 16 years. I mean, eh, we don't trade a boat every day, but we constantly have plates spinning. So it's hard to pin down which ones were significant. As I said, I came in on sailing boats. I've had some milestone sails from a 105-foot alloy sloop called Savannah, which was absolutely beautiful. She was a hood fontaine design with a Lindley and Ralph Lauren interior. That was a, a dream boat. Uh, 37-meter Bill Dixon design boat built in Holland at Holland Yacht Bow. That was a really special yacht, still, still going around the world, turning heads. 
um, a bow called Liara, which was again a custom one-off built in New Zealand, a kind of fast regatta boat, but with a family cruising interior. Then some big motor yachts. I mean, I had a deal which wasn't so big in tonnage, but a Reaver 86, uh, which we handed over in Monaco. So it was a real nice deal to do in the center of Monaco in Port Hercule to sell a, a very glamorous Reaver to a very glamorous owner. Uh, 50 meter boats that was always a tick box to set 170 <laughs> something foot that was a tick box to get right uh, sold in Croatia so that was a big tonnage motor yacht still in our fleet for charter um, and more recently starting on some new builds a 37 meter Baglietto which was delivered at the Monaco show so those things really you know I think those would be the milestones that come up but there's a lot of other boats that come in between you know sometimes it's more about the people that you meet. I mean, I've right. recently handed over a 90-foot sailboat uh, to some lovely Estonian family that real, you know, died in the wolf sailors. They're going to go as far as they can on the boat. And then other sides, you find businessmen with interesting stories who buy a fairly middle-of-the-road Sunseeker or Ferretti, but they've got lovely family, interesting businesses. So, you know, those things, I mean, we're nothing without the clients. And then obviously the yachts make it. So, you know, it's it's really fulfilling. It's interesting. I love the travel. I love the people, and uh, yeah, and then the knowledge of the yachts really just sews it all up. It's just absolutely amazing. And in my personal opinion, it it seems like one of the greatest professional uh, occupations, opportunities, however you want to call it, that uh, endeavors that one could possibly have on the planet. It truly. <laughs> I mean, you, you really. I mean, the way that you just. The way that you described it, the way that uh, you summed it up, and I mean, the, and as you so aptly said, of course, working with the amazing, um, whether it be a sailing yacht or a motor yacht, yet the people, the incredible people in the stories that you just touched upon, and I would imagine, perhaps, correct me if I'm wrong, but for you, you, um, you said one of those that you had, one of those notable that uh, held a special place in your heart that you had uh, sold is still quote unquote turning heads. I imagine it would be pretty fantastic to see in wherever it might be, whether it's on the boat international or whatever, just seeing stories pop up uh, and whether it be sightings of those and or on social media of those yachts that you have placed in the hands of those special clientele just seeing them consistently pop up in certain parts of the world or in stories and whatnot yeah it's really good it refreshes your memory because as i say we have a lot of plates spinning and sometimes deals merge into other deals and you don't get to sit down and sort of celebrate them i suppose or really see what impact they have because these these yachts we're selling to people who've waited their whole lives to buy them in many cases. It's, this, it's the pinnacle of their, their business career. It's a place for family and friends to enjoy themselves. And when we hand it over, obviously it's our job day to day, but it's got a big impact on those people's lives. And right. to see it around the world, I mean, that, that one that turning heads, I mean, it's been from New York to the Caribbean, it's come across to the Med, it's in the Balearics now, it goes all around the world. So. You know, that's interesting as well to see the actual engineering of these vessels, but then the, the people behind them and how they use them and, and that they're this aspirational, you know, fun asset that you can own. You know, it doesn't have to be all business all the time. It can be fun with family and friends. And obviously these boats charter as well. So there is a bit of you know financial incentive behind some purchases. But yeah, really, you know, that's very fulfilling, but we tend not to pause. You tend to get a few, you know, pats on the back from colleagues in the industry 
and occasionally at boat shows you get to enjoy a glass of wine with somebody who, who brings up a sale or something notable that you've been involved in um, rather than us sitting there sort of gleefully enjoying the moment. <laughs> right. And you, you mentioned it twice in what you just explained so very well, and thank you for that, you're very well spoken, is you said friends and family twice. And I spoke to a few other, uh, or a number of other brokers throughout the past six months or so in the same scenario on podcasts, and they explained to me, and correct me if um, they're wrong, they were wrong or if I'm wrong, but uh, since you just said it twice, that the number one reason that, along with, as you said, being the, you know, it's the pinnacle moment perhaps of their career and whatnot, yet the number one reason that people do ultimately purchase a yacht, whatever type of yacht it might be, is for, to enjoy with friends and family. I agree. Yeah, I think underlying it all, it's it's your personal use. It's your time away. It's your space. You pick the boat. You pick the crew. You pick the destination. It's on your terms. Um, even if you're a very wealthy individual, life doesn't always come to you on your terms. So this is one environment that you can control. And also, I think sharing those moments. If you if you're lucky to have family, and we see multi generational boats now, so from granddad all the way down to grandkids, it's an opportunity to share new experiences and discoveries together on board a boat and in you know luxury these days it wasn't always the way some boats from perhaps before 2000 were a little less luxurious but those experiences whether it's the water sports or just discovering a new port is best shared with those family and friends i mean some people use boats for business you know to, to host events and so on and as i mentioned charter is, is very much along those things as well but yeah, number one is is to get your family and friends on board. Time to switch off as well. I think for these very busy people, they don't get to down tools that much. And a, and a boat almost forces you to do that. Right. You know, there's other decisions to make. You're not in your usual environment, whether it's weather changes or new ports or, you know, suggestions from captains or, or your guests of where to go next. You know, it's a completely new trip every single time. Right. And I would imagine that you perhaps have seen some of the incredibly successful business uh, individuals, entrepreneurs, et cetera, that you've worked with. I would imagine that perhaps those that you, and perhaps you keep in touch with all of them, but some of them that you've kept in touch with, you've perhaps seen it change their lives because they, in doing what they've done throughout their storied and very successful careers, have never had the opportunity to turn it off. It's just been go, go, go constantly to get to where they have. And then when they finally thanks to you are able to have the to have that sailing yacht or motor yacht whatever they've chosen then they finally get to this moment where they do get to switch it off as you said with family and friends and new ports etc and it it's i would imagine just life-altering for them yeah, I think so. I mean, it certainly has an impact on your calendar. You know, it's also the, the, the size of value and the size of yachts that we sell, it tends to be one of the last acquisitions you make. So there's obviously real estate buying up other businesses, people get involved in private jets and holiday homes and so on. And we tend to be at the end of the list with the private yacht um, of whatever size, and it tends to be a, a percentage of their overall wealth or, or willingness to spend some of that wealth. Um, I sold a, a 29 meter motor yacht, which was built in 1930s uh, by a GL Watson design on the Clyde in, in Scotland to a, to a Swiss-based businessman. And 
I think that was 12 years ago, and he's completely changed the way he looks at life now. He's literally cruised the Mediterranean port to port, slowly, gracefully on this elegant yacht. Whereas before, I think he was always a bit sort of flustered when he had to fly to sit in a hotel and share space with unknown faces, uh, or you know, even charter somebody else's yacht. There was a feeling that it wasn't his, there's no pride in that ownership. Right. So for him, and we've become good friends since, and he invites me on with my wife now and again for a cocktail here and there when we can. But that's really changed his life and how to actually enjoy some of his wealth. Because, you know, there's only a certain amount of houses or cars you can live in or drive, and a boat offers you another element. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. And that's, that's an, interesting the way that you said it in that it, um, that it is... It tends to be the final significant purchase, so to speak, say lifestyle purchase that these individuals make. Yeah, it seems to be. I mean, because there's a lot of crossovers in terms of having a holiday home and then some staff who maintain it while you're not there. The same with private jets. You know, you need qualified captains and crew to, to maintain it and fly it to where you go. You're a passenger in that respect. But these, these are luxury items that are on a lot of people's list to own or at least try for a period of time and i think yachting comes partly because of the entry level of price but you you tend to get it later in life when you can take your foot off the gas a little bit or you know that you can allocate five six seven weeks to use in the summer and some weeks in the winter um, with again bringing family together taking that time away from your normal work surroundings to, to discover and explore a bit i mean we get people who buy a yacht, sail around the world for three years, and then sell it when they return. So there are different uses and gratifications from our clients, but majority of them are still, they can keep tabs on their business remotely. They've got assets that are working while they're sleeping. And the boat's a nice place to do that, big trips and invite guests on board for a week and so on. So um, yeah, it's, and that's why it's growing. You know, the industry's growing in the past 15, 20 years. It's not all down to me, but it's growing. Uh, and I think people have realized that you can get, there's a lot of improvement on technology, safety at sea, a lot of comfort and stabilizers on all sorts of yachts. You can get grandpa and grandma on board, you can get little kids running around. So I think that's opened it up a lot now as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And on that note, with respect to where we are at this current moment in time, you know, the pandemic, has, of course, just as it has in a few key sectors, provided some silver linings, if you will, such as you know luxury real estate, home design, etc. And of course, in yacht sales, brokerage and building. What have you personally experienced since, say, March, April of 2020, when the pandemic began? And then also, how do you see the upcoming 12 to 24 months and onwards continuing to unfold? Yeah, well, it was very dark days, March 2020. I think the whole industry sort of fell off a cliff for five, six months. <laughs> right, yes. It really didn't uh, show, see, this, see green roots coming through till about nine months after that, towards the very end of 2020. There was a lot of uncertainty. We saw some panic sales going on. We saw I had three deals that just stopped quite correctly in there in the buyer's minds. They just couldn't you know, foresee what was around the corner. So they, they stopped those deals. One of them came back pretty quickly. The other two are still circling. But that was, yeah, pretty dark. No one knew what to do. Obviously, the world was going into an unknown or uncharted waters there. And, you know, the health issue had to become number one. 
So, you know, our, our business went on pause very much. And then at the end of that year, we've had a sort of run of maybe up till now 12 months of people are saying booming business. It depends what sector you are in it. I think the middle of the road boats, your Azimuts, Sunseekers, Ferretti's, your production yachts have sold out. Essentially, you can't buy them now. And what comes to market is overpriced. You mentioned new build, the new build shipyard, certainly all of the well-known ones. You are waiting two to three years for delivery now. Right. Um, so that's unprecedented. That has, you know, in even since uh, 2008, we didn't see things change in such a dramatic style for good or for worse. So those, and it's interesting speaking to shipyards, they used to sort of, you know, court us brokers and the large brokerage houses to bring clients to their doors. Now we don't hear from them so much because they, their order books are full. Right. But um, we've, we've taken a number of clients to opportunities that were there. And I'd say, you know, 90% sold out and there's maybe 10% available if you, if you know where to look, but longer delivery times. And then to what we tend to deal with, which is the more custom or semi-custom boats, those took off slightly less. So the fast fast boats to sell was all the production yachts. Then we've got the more custom stuff, which we're seeing selling now still. And I know there's external factors. There's corrections in stock markets around the world. It doesn't seem to have slowed it down as yet. Um, money seems to be pouring in from various places. And people have a mixture of emotions, really. Some were like pent-up demand you know we missed out on a couple of years now's the time to enjoy ourselves other people are aware of their own mortality they say well if we don't buy it now when we're going to buy it right and then there's there's a lot of people who've made a lot of money over the the past few years um who are cashing in and getting money out and spending on something fun you know an asset that you can enjoy you know holidaying on bringing friends on and so on so we see we see that going well in terms of the next 12 24 months I mean, it's going to be interesting as the shipyards deliver these orders. Uh, uh, hopefully, they will come through on time and on budget because that will release the next tier of brokerage boats into the market in theory because a lot of the buyers for new boats would have had existing yachts. So we're looking forward to that. Right. Uh, I think we're going to see the same charge that we've seen with the digital media increasing, things like your podcast, things like online footprint of, of all sorts of marketing that completely pivoted day one of the pandemic for us before we were very much face to face with clients you know the full service from a to z holding their hand through the process and now just because of travel restrictions around the world we have to do a lot through zoom we do a lot of videos we do walkthroughs we do 360 tours of yachts that's pretty much brand new so that will continue um, and there's a hunger as well with that word getting out we're finding new buyers coming into the market people younger buyers from the tech segment people who are selling other businesses finally getting out of their business saying i've got time and money now let's go and buy a yacht and enjoy life so yeah good times ahead i think you know i don't have a crystal ball unless there's a big <laughs> financial catastrophe that we we don't anticipate right now we'll see it easing because there's a shortage of inventory but i think people are still keen to buy if you can find the right boat Right. Very well said. Thank you for that. And finding the right boat, on that note, you currently, and, I, and consistently, but currently you have some amazing listings. And one of those, of course, that our friend would love, to, love for us to discuss, uh, the Fabulous Rocks, is, of course, the Odyssey 3, built by Benetti in 1967, 
uh, 6.250 uh, British pounds. Would you love, I would, I would be so grateful if you could discuss that and then also any of your other listings that, uh, that you could expand upon as time permits. Thank you. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, Odyssey 3 is a classic Bonetti built in 1967, but more importantly, rebuilt in 2018 in the UK at the Pendennis shipyard in Falmouth. And she's a real resto mod of a vessel. Everything has been rebuilt from the hull, the through hull fittings, the engine room, new generators, air conditioning, piping, wiring zero speed stabilizers so modernized to 2018-19 spec um everything you touch on board is brand new Amazing. so the beauty of that is that you can't build a yacht like odyssey 3 anymore class regulations won't allow the spaces and so on and this boat's in class bureau veritas class it's mca coded for charter so she's done the first year of charter last year which was very well received in the market uh, the owners are uk based They've had the boat for five or six years. They did the refit. They really enjoy the project of it. Um, and now, partly because of COVID and travel restrictions, she's on the market for the first time. So wow. she's a beautiful boat, four cabins, really elegant. It's it's not for the mass market. It's for a connoisseur. It's a real gem on the sea. You sort of become a custodian of the vessel for 10 years and then pass on the legacy to the next person. But the best bit is that she's as new in terms of mechanical and paint and all the systems and mod cons that you'd like in a new boat but with that bygone era that elegance of a of a year of the, the late 60s she's absolutely beautiful i'm looking at uh looking at it right now and i watched the uh the video earlier just to speak yeah, the video is great it gives you a really good taste i mean we've had a lot of hits on that you know through our website and through youtube and so on um loads and loads of people really comment on her and and daydream. I mean, she's, as you said, in, in sterling, pound sterling, 6.25 million. So she's not a cheap boat, but uh, you, it's a one-off, really. That's, the, again, this sort of custom part of the market with, that we've specialized here. And this, this yacht is the sort of the, the epitome of that. Right, and that must, circling back to that, which you mentioned uh, at the very beginning of our conversation with respect to how you, how you, Tim, and Camper and Nicholson's focus on, or not completely focused, but to do specialize in the custom one-offs and being able to work with a beautiful, majestic, uh, just uh, one-off such as Odyssey 3. It must be so exciting to be able to then work with that and then also place it in the hands of the individual or the family, whoever it might be, that see, that of course it's the person that gets it and sees it and understands what it is. It is. I mean, it's a thrill to be involved in the boat. We had some inspections on board this week. And either, you know, when I go on board, it's the sort of yacht you don't want to leave. You know, there's <laughs> modern, modern design yachts that win awards and so on. But this, again, it's, it's your sort of E-type Jaguar of the yachts. It's a classic that, you know, it has become iconic, this Bonetti look. And I think a number of buyers would always say, oh, I'd love to own a Bonetti like this. Now, for whatever reason, people buy fiberglass boats or they buy a sailing yacht instead. But there's, there's not somebody I've met yet who goes, no, it's not for me. That's not my cup of tea. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great to be part of this boat. And as I said, we're just part of the history. You know, this boat will live for another 50 years at least. You know, she's done 50 years. I'm sure she'll do another 50 years. And with the refit that went on, 
you know, millions was poured into the boat. Um, but that kind of comes with maintaining such a collectible item such as this. Um, and yeah, really pleased to be involved in it. We've got a lovely coffee table book that was made for it with all the refit back to bare metal and the wiring diagrams and so on all the way through. So there's a real story that we're creating behind this boat. Um, so yeah, excited to be part of that and looking forward to meeting the owner one day, whoever's going to come and step on board and take her. Absolutely. That's, uh, that is such since I mean, built in 1967, that's just, it's, it's fantastic. Are the stories that Odyssey 3 must have. Absolutely. Well, different owners. I mean, this current owner, they, they own um, various hotels across the UK and they've just refurbished a massive hotel in the north of England. And did the, the, the principal's a, a lady who's been yachting for some 35 years or so. So she's, wow. she knows what she's doing. She knows how to pick a nice boat. She's been around the world, you know, 50 times or so. So she's a fascinating lady to speak to about some tales from 10 years, 20 years, 30 <laughs> years ago um, of, of where she's been and what influences her towards what's gone into the refit of, of Odyssey here and the hotels that she has. So. Yeah, fascinating to meet those people and you know spend some time listening to what they've done and how they use the boat. You know, what are their sort of uses for it and where they like to go and what they like to do. You know, because we see a lot of marketing of things, um, you know, jet skis that say on everything, and that's great for a charter. But actually, as an owner, is that what you want? How do you really use it? You don't want a jet ski everywhere all day long. You're probably cruising at a bit more sedate pace. You're finding private anchorages. You're cruising you know, to different destinations to wake up in a new place each day. So yeah, fascinating to talk to these people and, and learn how they live their lives. Absolutely. She sounds like she sounds like an amazing woman and individual. Mm, she is indeed, yeah. Well, many of these people who own the boats are they, you know, it's there's not that many yachts. It's a rarefied atmosphere above sort of twenty-four meters. There's you know, less than 10,000. And if you're above 30 meters, there's probably less than 7,000 boats out there. And there's a number of owners who have more than one yacht for different parts of the world and different purposes. So it's a really rarefied part of, you know, uh, a luxury asset and, and a way to spend your wealth. I mean, I believe, and I could be wrong, but there's around 70,000 private business jets around the world. So it gives you an idea that we're only 10% of that in terms of the luxury yachting. Um, and, you know, Canberra and Nicholson's have been in business, as you mentioned, for over 230 years. Which is amazing. To us for, I mean, we were a shipyard originally in a design studio, um, and now we have the services of yacht management, charter management, obviously retail, which is sales and purchase, what I do, and new construction. So those parts of the business are busy, but people come to us with these slightly less ordinary yachts, these more specialist yachts, because they know we've got this heritage, we've got a database of, you know, 15,000 clients who have chartered with us and bought and sold with us over the years. And these are the sort of number one people in the world really on that list. So that's why we, we tend to sort of magnetize some of these boats. We do do the production yachts as well, and we're very delighted to do that when we can. But we, we enjoy these slightly more specialist yachts that, that come across our desks too. Very well said once again, Tim. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for the time that we've taken. And now that I have been so fortunate to have had approximately 30 minutes of your time, is there anything, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for, and I, uh, I mean that in all no, sincerity. This has been such a, such a pleasure. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have or anything that we didn't touch upon that you would like to? 
Oh, you know, it's a big roaming subject, this yachting business. And there's all <laughs> sorts of things. I mean, you know, we're looking at sustainability now, how we can right. reduce carbon emissions. You know, we're dealing, Camper Nicholson's got marinas around the world. We're looking into Dubai these days, how this can expand. It's a big market for Middle East and Asia. You know, Australia, we've got new offices down there now. That's a big market, partly because they've sort of not been able to travel for two years. So they're buying boats in there and shipping boats in from Asia. We've got offices in Hong Kong. You know, the list goes on. We need another show, I think, to go through the next lot of things. But yeah, exciting times. Very happy to be part of it these days. And yeah, looking forward to meeting the next sort of tier of clients who come through. Absolutely. And if I, and since you mentioned it, I would love to, in the upcoming weeks or months, if you do have additional time, have a, a follow-up conversation such as this, but uh, sure. I, I thank you. Uh, I will let you get going on your Friday. Tim Langmead, Camper and Nicholson's, camperandnicholson's.com forward slash team forward slash Tim dash Langmead obviously to see Odyssey 3 and all of your other amazing listings that you have. Tim, thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Good talking with you. You too. Thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.